chop with a tummy. Yeah. Hooked on a stick like funny. Stick. Brand new standard ain't wanted. Nah. Little bit pop this pussy for some shmoney. Pussy had to put my wrist inside the bowl and scrape some shmoney. Shmoney. They told me Ryder was coming home. I put him up some money. I did. Shmigo, bitch, we back on the throne. Ready to fuck up the front. Shmoney. 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 Bitch, I made some brand new. All right, all right, all right. Welcome back, welcome back. You know what time it is. Another edition of the Fan in the Van podcast coming right at you. Yankees take two from the Mets. And listen, I'm still not freaking getting excited about anything yet until it's a long stretch of just nothing but wins and we're hitting and we're pitching right and all this other nonsense. But what we got to get into... And I was supposed to do a yesterday, then some work stuff came up, so I wasn't able to do it. Um, is Kevin Durant and the Brooklyn Nets have come to, I would say, an agreement where he's going to play out the, you know, the, the rest of the contract going forward. And, you know, they met in L.A. and... Durant aired out his grievances and whatever it was, and, you know, now they're moving forward. What this really was about, if you really want me to be honest, and you really want me to get real and raw about it, it's that nobody was going to give up what Brooklyn was asking for. I mean, you go to the Celtics, okay, and you're asking for Jalen Brown, Jason Tatum, uh, Marcus Smart, and then like six first-round draft picks. That's fucking insane to ask for, for a guy who over a year and a half ago just came off of friggin' a, a severe Achilles tendon injury, and I get that for a guy his height, he's got freakish ball handling skills and is a sharpshooter on the court, but to give up all that to bring in one guy is absolutely insane, and that's one of the main reasons why all this bullshit has ended with Brooklyn and Durant, is Brooklyn was never going to get what they expected. Durant's agent knew it. And I said this weeks ago, I said, Durant's going to wind up staying because nobody's going to give up what's being asked. I mean, you see some of these trade packages that were out there and you got to scratch your head and just like, uh, you know, uh, why would, would a team really give up all these players plus like a handful of draft picks just for one guy. I mean, the only way a deal like that works is if it's a three to four team deal and a lot of it's being split up. And it's like, all right, well, I'm getting this guy from this from from this team, but then we're going to ship off a third round draft, a second round draft pick to this guy. You know, I'm getting two guys from this this team and I'm getting a, a late first round draft pick, whatever it is, whatever it is. But I think. I think a lot of people, and I know my buddies Brent and Dave at 1420 Sports have got to be happy about it because they mentioned it, how, you know, I think everyone's sick of the bullshit. And, you know, every day, you, you all it is is Durant this, Durant wants out, the Nets want this, Durant hates Steve Nash and Sean Marks. You know, the owner is coming out and he's siding with the GM and, and, the, and the head coach. And this team isn't going in the right direction. Meanwhile, the team is going in the right direction. It's the fact that you have a guy like Kyrie who, you know, will only wants to play. As far as what 
the reports are saying, again, is that he only wants to play 60 games a year. He doesn't want to do back-to-backs, and, you know, then he has his, you know, his religious stuff going on. And then you also have to remember, when Kyrie didn't play in Brooklyn, well, at least at home games for Brooklyn, it's because of COVID, because he wasn't going to get the vaccine. And again, that's something people trashed him on, but it's his choice. You know, they can, nobody can make you go out and get a vaccine. I mean, a lot of guys in the NBA did it because, you know, they felt they had no choice. It was either it was either take the jab and, and get paid and, and be able to play or don't get it. And then who knows what would happen at that point. But, you know, now the question is, now that Brooklyn and Durant have gotten over their little hissy fit and they're going to play in the sandbox together all nice, you know, and share little sand buckets and, and, and little pails and little shovels and make a nice little sandcastle together, you know, who are they going to keep around Durant and, and Kyrie? You know, because if you think Brooklyn's really going to win a championship with Durant, Kyrie, Ben Simmons, because you don't know what Ben Simmons you're going to get. You're going to get the Ben Simmons that actually wants to play? Because that was another one of Durant's issues. In the NBA playoffs, they had, when, when Brooklyn was playing the Celtics, right? They had a group chat. And Durant asked Ben Simmons in the chat, hey, are you going to come back for game four? <laughs> ben, I don't like group chats either. So, you know, I don't blame Ben Simmons for leaving a group chat, but you could have at least answered the question, then left the group chat. Um... You know, but I think this was just a whole bunch of, you know, again, a whole bunch of baby bullshit. Is it, it really was like you know Durant didn't get his way, and it's like all right, I want out. You know, and a lot of people in the NBA have come after, you know, have come after Durant. You know, um, I know Patrick Beverly had something to say about it, and you know Dur- Durant was just like, "Yep, KD fucked up again," or whatever it was. Listen, we don't know what goes on behind the closed doors of these organizations. We're only hearing it from the player side of it. And it's so hard to side with players nowadays when they just act like children. It's one thing, if you had a legitimate grievance, and you're like, listen, and you kept it in-house, and then they had a press conference, they're like, listen, we've decided to move on from this and Kevin Durant's going to be on the trade block. You know, there's just been differences within the organization. And it's just going to get more volatile. Instead of, you know, that's the one way you should have handled it. Instead of, you know, these athletes running out there on TV and they're throwing little fits. And they go on social media and they're, and, you know, and they're, you know, and they're typing their frustrations. And you just make yourself look a lot worse. You know, you're in the professional business of professional sports, and you have to act like a professional. You know, what do you think? If I went to my job and I didn't like something that day, I'm going to go on Twitter and be like, oh, well, you know, I'm not happy here. And, you know, I want out. I don't like the direction of the company. You know, I hope they trade me to like AutoZone. Like, you think that's going to happen? No. No. And, you know... Does 
you know, can Brooklyn win a championship, though, with KD and Kyrie? They most certainly can because they got, you, 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 fig, you figure this, you got Seth Curry, okay? You have Nick Claxton, who's only improving. I mean, if you could get Ben Simmons to be healthy and get his and get his head right and his shot right and his, you know, just his maturity right, Ben Simmons, KD and Kyrie could absolutely win at least three championships before all of them decide to walk away into the sunset. But in order to do that, you got to get Ben Simmons to get his shit correct. You know, he's actually got to be on the court. I mean, otherwise, why'd you trade him? Why'd you trade for him? Why'd you trade Harden away then? You know. But who the fuck knows? Who the fuck knows at this point? Because, you know, Brooklyn's trying to do what they've already done once before. And we all know that didn't work. You had Pierce, Garnett, Rajon Rondo. And they always fell short. And I just have a feeling in, in, in my gut that this is just that, but the younger version. And unless you get another key piece or you manage to split this up somehow where it's KD running the show or it's Kyrie, I honestly don't think they ever win a championship as long as... Honestly, as long as Ben Simmons is there and you're getting this Ben Simmons that is just sitting there and he's, you know, talking trash on Twitter and he's just, ah, yeah, I don't feel like playing. And meanwhile, he has a back injury. But how do you have a back injury when you don't, you haven't even played? But I don't know. But more into, but more basketball talk, obviously. Obviously, we see now LeBron is like the highest paid player in the league in basketball history and has made like $200 million more than, than a lot of other athletes. So everybody's had their opinion on it. And the one, the one comparison that I got to say, because Tom Brady is a factor in this, and a lot of people saying, well, yeah, Brady made less money because Brady wasn't about making the money. He was about winning and how Brady always restructured his deals and gave money back to the Patriots and just only recently decided to say, hey, it's got to be about me for once. Okay? You know, there are people out there, and, and you know, and again, that, you know, they love LeBron James. And listen, LeBron James is a talented basketball player. I'm never going to deny that. But when you look at the fact that people are clamoring over the fact that he's the highest paid player in the league now it is absolute it's I really don't care because being the highest paid athlete doesn't win you championships if you don't have a championship team around you. You know, you you know you look in LA, you look in that situation, you know, they're saying a lot of the offense is gonna run through Anthony Davis now. And I, the, the problem there is that Anthony Davis can't stay healthy. So, who should the offense really run through? I mean, if Anthony Davis can stay healthy, sure. But, you know, who are they going to go after? Obviously now, obviously now with KD staying in Brooklyn, obviously means Kyrie's off the table unless there's some insane trade package that comes along in the next few months that we don't see coming. And it's like, wow, we didn't see this coming. Kyrie's with, with LeBron again? 
you know, does, you know, do they bring back Dennis Schroeder? You know, do they go after Patrick Beverly? Do they bring in guys that maybe can change the the culture in LA? I think honestly, if you know, and if I was the GM of the Lakers, I honestly would have blown this whole thing up because I don't think this is working in LA. I mean, yeah, you had the bubble season. Okay? That was all well and good. But now it's just, you know, when you have a player coming out and he's saying, well, I'm not re-signing until I see what the team does. You know, I have to hold them accountable for the players that they brought in. But these are guys you co-signed on. You co-signed on bringing in Carmelo Anthony. You co-signed on getting rid of Dennis Schroeder. I think LeBron fails to realize he has a history of going to a team and then all of a sudden certain guys are traded off. Like, I don't understand what the reasoning was for trading Kyle Kuzma. Out of L.A. I I don't understand that one. But okay. This is again. It's about what LeBron wants. LeBron gets. So if LeBron wants mediocrity. Then that's what you're going to get. You know. You have the Westbrook situation there. Which is kind of like in Brooklyn with Durant and KD. It's like. Who really is going to run the show? Is Westbrook even going to be a Laker? You can find a way to get rid of Westbrook. But you have to involve two teams. The two teams you have to involve right now are the Knicks and the Utah Jazz. Obviously, if you involve that, the Knicks are going to get Donovan Mitchell out of the deal. They're not going to get Russell Westbrook, but Russell Westbrook would wind up in Utah and, you know, whatever draft picks go. And that's another interesting one. So the talk started again with Mitchell and then, well, with Utah, with Donovan Mitchell and the New York Knicks. And what the Knicks are asking for, what the Knicks are going to wind up giving up, to me, again, is way too much for one guy. Okay. The last report now is that they're willing to give up. Um, well, there was a few of them I read. The first one I read is that they're willing to give up Obi Toppin and five first-round draft picks. Now it's they want R.J. Barrett. The Knicks said that they wouldn't walk away from R.J. Barrett. Now the Knicks are willing to do it, apparently. And I think that they rather R.J. Barrett over Julius Randle. I'm sorry. If you're going to bring in Donovan Mitchell, R.J. Barrett's the better piece, in my opinion. Now, there's Knicks fans that are going to hear it, and they're going to say, no, Julius Randle just had an off year. If you give him Mitchell, watch how Russell, uh, J- Julius Randle goes off. But he may or may not. He may or may not go off, but I don't think the Knicks should give up on a kid like Obi Toppin that you drafted. Obi Toppin has a lot of upside that I don't think the Knicks have fully seen yet. And this is the problem because there's a big name out there who's who's on the trade block. Let's get rid of the younger guy who eventually could have more upside than, say, Donovan Mitchell. I mean, I'm not saying Obi Toppin's going to go out there, he's going to be the next MJ, or he's going to be the next Julius Irvin. But what I'm telling you is that if I'm the Knicks, I understand the Knicks got to bring in a big name because they failed to do it in the past. You know, they failed to land Westbrook. They failed to land LeBron. They failed to even get Zion Williamson in the draft. 
because that couldn't even bounce right for them. Okay? And it's a good thing they didn't get Zion. Okay? I'll be honest with you. Zion, Zion is still, to me, and I catch a lot of flack for this, and I really don't give a flying fuck. You know, everybody says that he's a, you know, you know that he's a beast. And yeah, when he's healthy and playing, but he's still raw. Just picture if Zion got in the right basketball shape, improved on his jump shot a bit more, his dribbling, and just certain aspects of basketball in general. If you just think about that, think of how good Zion really could be. But in the Knicks-Jazz situation, though, going back to that, I can't see where the Knicks actually do... Well, I can't see it because they have done stupid shit in the past where you're going to get rid of two young guys that you drafted that you're supposed to be building around. When you have a guy that you're paying for however many years, a hundred and something million dollars, who didn't produce at all last year and got a contract based off of what it looks like right now, one fluke year. So what do the Knicks do in this situation? You know, do they do they walk away from RJ Barrett? Or do they say, no, we need Barrett to be part of what we're going to do with Donovan Mitchell, we'll give you Randall and, you know, whoever else. Because Emmanuel Quickly was another name that was in, is in one of the packages. And it's like, Emmanuel Quickly is not a, a, a household name, but he's a, decent, he's a decent kid off the bench. You know, he was, you know, you could put, not that I would, you know, do you lose anything if you get rid of Quickly? No. But, again, I would put quickly in a package with Randall and maybe three first-round draft picks. Because, don't forget, you still got to re-sign Donovan Mitchell. You're going to have to give him another you have to give him another extension. And that's going to command a lot of money. So, I don't know what the Knicks are going to do in this situation, but the Knicks have got to become relevant again. Because right now, let's be honest, whether, you're, whether you watch Brooklyn Nets basketball or New York Knicks basketball, more people are talking about the Brooklyn Nets now for the past three years, than, and even longer, to be honest with you, than they have the New York Knicks. I mean, people talk about the Knicks, but when you talk about the Knicks, it's about the days of Starks and Oakley and Mason and, and all those guys. You know, when, when the Knicks were good, and this is the other problem with the Knicks, and this is where... You know, because somebody asked me, do I feel bad for Patrick Ewan? Yeah. Those Knicks teams were good enough to win three, four championships in a row. Their problem is, is that they had to play in the same league and in the same era as the greatest of all time, Michael Jordan. That's the difference. If you take MJ out of the equation, the Knicks have at least three championships. But who knows what direction the Knicks are going in. I mean, it seems to me that no matter who they bring into the front office there, they can't get it right. So it's only a matter of time before, you know, you, you kind of got to look at the head and that's, and that's Dolan and you've got to sit there and go, what the fuck are you doing? 
you, you know, you bring in these guys and then they make these decisions that are making no sense. Trading, trading away guys you just drafted, you know, and signing Julius Randle to this huge extension because he had one good year. Let's see if he repeats it the following year. And you do not, you do none of it. You just up oh, here. You go. Here's four years, hundred plus. But with all that being said, um, you know, obviously, we'll talk a little MLB for a minute, and then I got to take care of some stuff here at work. So, you know, obviously, you know, the the Yankees just played the Mets and. You know, we you know we swept them, and a lot of people complaining about the second game, and how you know the ball ju- the ball just bounced in our favor, and it was just listen. If you're a Met fan, you have to be happy with how this season's going so far. The fact that it's past the All Star break, and you still have a hold of the AL of the NL East, and the fact that you guys are a playoff team. The fact that your owner went out and he got you the right, he got you the right manager. He got you all these key pieces that you needed. He made deals at the deadline. He brought in free agents that that the Wilpons would have never dared thought of bringing in. And then Mets fans, we lose to the Yankees. Yeah, because you're not going to win every game. You know, Scherzer didn't have his best stuff, you know, against the Yankees in game one. Yeah, Judge took him deep. But who hasn't judged taken deep yet? You know, and then there's, you know, there's people that are complaining that the ground didn't pitch game two. I don't know the reasoning in it, and nor do I care. I really don't care. Maybe it was something that the ground felt, hey, push me back a start so I could be healthier for the playoff push. You know, some guys will do that because they're thinking of the bigger picture. You know, and that's something, maybe that's what DeGrom did. I don't know. I haven't really read into it. But if I find it, and I find the reason why, I'll discuss it on the next one. But, you know, now both teams, you know, we're, get, we're a few days away from September. And now's really where, if you really want to make a statement, now it's where you put your foot down on the pedal and you don't release that bitch. Whether you're a Mets fan or a Yankee fan, I'm saying it for both teams. Okay, because we all want the inevitable this year. We all want the inevitable. We all want the World Series to be a New York versus New York baseball team World Series. Yankees, Mets, and we want, you know, and and let's hypothetically say if the Mets were to win the World Series this year against the Yankees, this in no way means that the Mets are the talk of New York now because you got a lot of more winning to do before you could ever take that title from the New York Yankees. I'm sorry. And this is where the Yankees' past will always come up. Because the Yankees are just a more superior franchise when it comes to championships than the Mets or any other team in Major League Baseball. So, no, winning world one World Series, whether it's against the Yankees or not, okay, doesn't make you the toast of the town. Doesn't. Doesn't do it. And you could hate me for saying it. You could disagree with me. But I know for a fact that I'm right because it doesn't. It doesn't. You'd have to win 
in my opinion, for the for the Mets to take over being the top team in New York and taking the back page of all the newspapers in New York, the the Mets would have to win three World Series in a row and be dominant for three years straight to be the talk of the town for at least fifteen minutes. But with that being said, I'm gonna go take care of some stuff here at work. As always, I like to thank everybody who follows, retweets, and listens. Obviously. My number one guys at 1420 Sports, uh, Brent and Dave. Uh, can't wait to check out your guys' new episode soon. So uh, I always get the notifications to that one. And then, you know, my buddies over at Average Joe Sports Podcast, another good one to check out, Level the Sports Playing Field, Sports Bliss with Robin Chris, Recliner King Sports Podcast. Uh, who else we got? Scoreboard Addicts is another good one to check out. Again, if you're into pro wrestling, my buddy Bray Wyatt, Fan24 on Twitter, has a good one. Uh, so check that out. Everybody else that follows and retweets, as always, it's very much appreciated. So until the next one, stay safe. And as always, peace.